How do you deal with adversity? When facing a challenge, do you retreat out of fear of confrontation? Do you fight? Do you turn to prayer? Or do you escape? These are the four conventional approaches that people take when dealing with different obstacles in life. Please join me and discover a fifth approach, which will really help you grow and be the best you can be. How to deal with adversity, a five-step approach. This is Simon Jacobson, and welcome to How to Deal with Adversity, a Five-Step Approach. This program is dedicated by Zlata Ehrenstein in honor of her birthday. When you face confrontation, dealing with a challenge, adversity, what do you do? Generally speaking, there are four approaches people take. One is retreat, surrender, fear of confrontation. Avoid the issue by giving in, by compromising. A second approach is the exact opposite. Fight. Fight to the finish. Fight till you win. A third approach is pray. Turn to God, turn to faith. Turn to your deeper and higher calling. And finally, the fourth approach is escapism, which means not surrendering, but just escaping the whole situation to the point even, we'll call it suicide. Not necessarily literal, but in a way of avoiding the whole situation in the first place. You don't want to surrender, you don't want to fight, you don't want to pray, so you escape. Is that the only option? Are those the only options that stand before us? We're going to discover, now there's another option, and a critical one that can change your entire outlook at your life, your entire outlook at challenges, and anything that comes in your way. Because at the end of the day, even though there's merit to each one of these four paths, paths or approaches, but they're not complete. Surrender, well, in some situations, it's good to be yielding and humble and not just fight. But surrender in the wrong situation can end up compromising yourself, even in a very self-destructive way. On the other side, to become a fighter and fight, spend your whole life fighting adversity, you don't want to be a warrior. Prayer, prayer is an important component. We see in the story in the Bible of Jacob, when he prepared to meet his adversary, twin brother, Esau, so he prayed. He also prepared for war, and he prepared a bribe to appease him. 
In that case, two out of the three were enough. He didn't have to fight. But prayer is an important role because prayer gives you strength, faith. It gives you the confidence. It gives you courage. It also accesses higher strengths in your own resilience, your own inner soul to deal with the challenge. But prayer alone and not making an effort is also insufficient. And finally, escapism, I think, is pretty clear. It doesn't solve anything. It just gets you out of the situation, so you just say goodbye to the whole scenario. So indeed, there is a story that when the Jewish people, maybe the first documentation of a, being stuck between a rock and a hard place, when the Egyptians were pursuing them from behind, after they left Egypt, after the exodus, and they had the sea before them, they were stuck. And they broke into four camps, these four camps. Camp number one said, let us surrender. You know, we're not an independent people. Let's go back to slavery. Better to be subjugated under the Egyptians than to be slaughtered out here in the wilderness. A second group, the exact opposite. Let's fight. Let's go to war. Third group, let us pray. Let us pray to God to take care of everything. And the fourth group said, let's jump into the sea. Now we'll put an end to the whole situation altogether. Moses turns to God and says, what do we do? It doesn't seem like there's any other option. And here's the response. One word. God says to Moses, invite you so in Hebrew. Move forward. Forge ahead. I told you. I've taken you out of Egypt, and I've told you we'd take you to Sinai and to the promised land. Forge ahead. Why are you doubting? Move. Because why? Not because there isn't merit in all these four different approaches. First of all, you can end up debating the four to the end of time and be paralyzed meanwhile. Secondly, each one of them has its downside. To return back is to give up your own freedom? Because you're afraid of being on your own? Because you're challenged? To become a fight, a fighter, and just go to, to war? The rest of our lives we're going to fight, fight our enemies? Also not sufficient. Prayer? Yeah, but what else besides prayer? You can't just wring your hands and say, pray, God will take care of me. What are you doing on your end of things? And of course, suicide or jumping into the sea, escapism is not an option as well. What is the option to move forward? But there's a sea before us. Answer is, yes, logically, if you're going to go with statistics, there's a sea. But if you go with persistence and commitment and devotion, there's nothing that can stop you. And what indeed happened? When they moved forward, the sea parted. Not getting into the miracle of it, but the point is, you'll see those that forge ahead and say, I am going to continue on my journey. I'm not going to get stopped and trapped in any of these four are the ones that actually succeed. Breakthroughs happen. Because it's so much of a psychological attitude of thinking positive that is so vital in dealing with adversity. So let's t take this a little deeper and further. You see, we are rational human beings. We're scientific minds. 
And as such, we'd like to calculate all our risks, our pros and cons. And therefore, that, times, that can make sense at many times. But there are times, especially when dealing with a serious adversity, some serious obstacle, that may not be enough. When a mother hears a diagnosis for her child, a serious diagnosis, and the doctor gives up hope, and the mother says, no, I will fight. Yes, you're telling me my child has autism. I will fight to have access to that child. And then you see, doctors will testify. I can't explain it, but there's a bond. Not that necessarily the autism was healed, but the persistence of the mother opened up some door. Because we don't know the mysteries of our own power, our own fortitude, our own strengths. That absolute love, that absolute devotion brought out a new level of resilience, a new level of new resources. And this is true in so many situations where people say it's impossible. And then you see someone else comes afterwards and makes it possible. What changed? All statistics, all studies, all calculations seem to lead to a place that it's impossible. The answer is that you didn't, didn't take everything into account. There's always other factors. There's the indomitable human spirit that has the ability to break through things that we can't always fully understand. So don't always think the rational is the only approach. It's important to be rational. Obviously, in certain situations, and that's why we're calling it a five-step plan, certain situations, let's say there's a conflict between spouses. Not everything you have to fight about. Choose your battles. There are areas that you should, I don't want to call the word surrender, but yield. Say, you know, I'm flexible, it's fine, I will yield to you. But it's not healthy to do that if it's an abusive situation or a destructive situation, or if it undermines you and your own very person. No, it's unhealthy. Then there are times the other way around. That you do have to stand up for something you believe in. There's a fight. But not to define every situation as, as, as one that requires fighting. It's a last resort. But you have to be ready at times. But again, that's not a consistent approach in life. Because it could perhaps resolve some situations, but not long term. You can win the battle and lose the war. So that too has to be done with discretion. Prayer, as I mentioned, of course has value, but only as an addition to other things. Someone will say, I pray for having a better livelihood, and then you go to sleep, God will take care of it. No, the answer, the answer to your prayer may be coming by going out and meeting people, networking and doing whatever, you take, whatever it takes. And then the blessing or the response to the prayer, in addition to the container that you created, makes it work. The fourth option, I'm thinking there's any redeeming element. Is there any idea of escapism? Completely, no. Suicide, jumping into the sea is never an option. You can say sometimes escapism could be a some form of denial. Temporary. But again, it's not an approach to life. What, what, what's needed at the time was what is the approach? The approach is forward movement. And that's based on the principle that you have what it takes, even though you may not feel it, or you may not know it, and it may not even make sense on paper. Now, of course, that's why we need objective opinion, objective advice, a mentor, 
to help us determine. But in all cases, you need that fifth approach. In all of them, you need this forward movement. Because even if the decision is, we're going to move forward. So let's say you have a conflict between spouses, between parents and children, or between friends, or between partners. And you're not yielding because it's not appropriate to yield in this situation. But you also don't want to fight. The thing is, you know what? Let's continue working together and let's ignore for a moment those differences as long as our business continues to work or our relationship or our marriage continues to work. If there's a need to address a particular thing, then let's go into the nitty-gritty and maybe yield or maybe disagree or maybe hear both sides and see where you go from there. Use prayer as well. But the, but the forward movement is the thrust that's always needed. Because you can see couples, for instance, getting into a fight. And even if they're not fighting all the time, it's like a cold war. It's always simmering beneath the surface. Why? Because they're not focusing on forward movement. They're focusing on their differences. Or if you have a situation of a passive and an aggressive partners, where one is more passive, one is more yielding surrendering. So it may work short-term, but it's not a long-term relationship. A relationship has to be vibrant, has to be dynamic, has to be growthful. And for that, it needs to constantly be moving forward. In the process, that can infuse the times where there needs to be perhaps yielding on both ends, perhaps standing up for what you believe in on both ends. But if the drive is forward movement toward growth, then everything else becomes not so dominant. If yielding on its own, and it doesn't have the forward movement, or fighting on its own without the forward movement, or praying on its own without the forward movement, it will not be a healthy and sustainable approach. So let's discuss what means forward movement. So let's look at the human nature, look at the human being from birth, and before that as well, but by birth you see it. A healthy child is always moving about. Of course, a newborn sleeps a lot, but when they're awake, there's a moving. You see the arms, the legs. So one of the reasons is to keep it mobile, to keep the muscles going. But it's also the nature, that mobility, that fluidity, that energy, enthusiasm of a child. Because that's the nature of a human being. It's the nature of life for that matter. The seasons, winter to spring, to summer, to autumn. The very pulsating nature, even on the subatomic level, that there's no such thing as an inanimate universe. Everything is in flux, is moving about. Sometimes it's visible, sometimes it's subtle. But everything is pulsating, just like our heartbeat. Contraction, expansion, our breath, inhale, exhale. The whole world, the whole universe, all the cosmos are pulsating in that same way. Because that's the nature of existence. What happens when doubt enters into your being? Doubt paralyzes. It forces you to stop. Like a deer caught in the headlights. And that goes against the very grain of the healthy part of you, which is movement. Now, obviously, we all know to know that it can always be moving. We need to rest. We need respite. We need sleep. But even that's part of the movement. When the trees go to sleep in the winter, it's not dead. That's part of their regeneration and rejuvenation. So even the steps that seem to be rest is rest between 
levels of movement, then that becomes part of the movement as well. What's more movement, exhaling or inhaling, contracting or expanding? They're both part of the movement. That's what movement means. The vibration, the ups and downs, the twists and turns. And that's why getting too much into your head or fear, what does it do? It paralyzes us. And paralysis is the antithesis to life. Life is movement. Move forward, forge ahead. So when you get stuck and say, surrender, it's not part of movement? It's, in other words, it's not part of a bigger plan? Then it's going to ultimately hurt us. Same thing with fighting. Not part of a bigger plan of movement forward. If it's part of moving forward, then all those pieces come into play. Another key point to remember is that fundamentally this is based on the principle that everything is good at its core. So even though there's an adversity right now, even though you're facing adversity and there's an adversary, that also ultimately will bring out the best in you if you move forward. If you see it as, oh, what should I do? I'm stuck. What should I do now? I had all my plans. I was going forward. And now there's an obstacle. The obstacle is as powerful as your, for, your forward thrust. Then you're seeing it as an equal. But how about looking at adversity as an opportunity? Resistance in order to build bigger, deeper strengths. Think of a dam. You build a dam that dams the water. And what happens? The water starts building up its pressure, its intensity, until it breaks through. So adversity can actually bring out the best in us. Under pressure, deadlines. Like they say about a tea bag, you don't know how strong you are until you're put into hot water. So you can see pressure as an end in itself, adversity as an end in itself, or it's a stepping stone to help you develop and express deeper strings that you did not know you have. In that sense, again, movement. Take away the movement part, then the adversity, okay, so short term, I'll either fight or I'll surrender, I'll fight, I'll pray, I'll escape. But when you understand that it's all for your good, and what indeed happened in that story, as the Jews moved forward and the, and the sea parted, they learned something about themselves. They would never have learned it had they chosen one of the four paths. They learned that if you wish and you focus, you'll discover deeper strengths, and those strengths will break through, even though you may initially not have known that. Another thing that you learn is that you always have to look ahead, not look back. It is true that adversity may be pursuing you, maybe even in front of you, but your sights have to be toward forward movement, toward growth. You're climbing a mountain. And you come to a point, you realize, wow, I'm getting tired, and the mountain is very steep. I don't think I'll ever climb this mountain. That alone is already a certain resignation, similar to the surrender. You could try to fight and exert yourself and drain your resources, drain your strengths. The attitude has to be, no, I see the peak. I know I have to get there. One way or another, I'll get there. If I need a little rest, respite, I'll do that.
they tell the story of one of the climbers, I believe, of, the, of, the, of Mount Everest. So he tried to climb the mountain many times and never got there. But then he said to himself, and he told the mountain, you have till now been taller than me, but you have stopped growing. I'm going to continue to grow, and I'm going to continue to be motivated, and ultimately I will reach the peak. So it's a very different attitude. Focusing on the ahead, focusing on your goals, which takes us back to what defines us as human beings. Often we don't have that focus of the destination of where we want to go. So then when something comes on our way that's an obstacle, okay, it either causes us to want to retreat and give up, or to fight, or to pray, or to escape. But when you're focused from the outset, where you need to be, and you have your set eyes set there, your sight set at the destination, that changes everything. Because whatever came my way cannot stop me from reaching my destination. That has to happen. I may have to go about around, I have to make a detour, I may have to go above or below. But then the adversity, as I mentioned, will also catapult you and propel you to greater strengths because you have that focus and destination. So before we deal with adversity, it would be good to know what is your mission statement? What's your calling? Where do you want to be? And then whatever comes your way, fine. Now I have to deal with that. From personal experience, I can tell you, whenever you have that focus... Let's say, I remember writing toward a meaningful life. So plenty of writer block, writer's block that we all go through. But when you know you must finish this book, and you know what your mission is, you know the, the purpose of it, so the writer's block can get in the way for a while, but you need to forge ahead. You're forging ahead. Sometimes you need to take a little time off. Sometimes the writer block forces you to dig deeper. But it's a critical component to always know that you're committed what you're committed to is what keeps you going. Once heard, there was one of the Hasidic rabbis who was arrested for counter-revolutionary activity, which basically meant being Jewish and doing Jewish activities in the former Soviet Union. In the very harsh times, they were sent you to the Gulag, Siberia. Who else was there? All the talented, all the intelligentsia, scholars, writers, artists, musicians, Athletes, people of all kinds of talents. So one of the things that kept this, 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 this uh, chassid alive and, and spirited and was talking to these people. It was, it was fascinating. And we would learn lessons from them. So from time to time they would have, because there was so much talent there, they would have like a, uh, events where they would present things. There was a juggler. There was a tightrope walker. And this chassid would talk to them, and the tightrope walker was once talking to them, and, and they were talking, what's the secret of tightrope walking? You're walking on a very thin line, a, 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 a rope. How do you keep the balance? What's the real secret? So most people would say it's about stamina, and it's about balance, and knowing how to walk, and not fall from one side to the other. The tightrope walker told 
This rabbi, this chassid, he said, no, the key is to keep your eyes focused on a destination on the other side. So when you begin walking the tightrope, your eyes are there, and that's what keeps you going. It's like a GPS, an internal GPS. And that, of course, balance and practice is necessary, but that's what keeps you going. And then he said to the chassid, he says, and tell me, when do you think is the most difficult part of the tightrope walking? So everyone would say right in the middle, when you're in the center, you're not... You're too far away from the beginning, too far away from the end, and that's the place where you're most vulnerable. He said, no, the most difficult part is when you come to the end and you have to make a turn. Now you have to create the new destination, the other side. There's a split second till you create the new focal point. Is the focal point that's the key? You hear that? The focal point, the destination, moving forward toward the focal point. Just as when you make a circle, you need, a, you need to have a uh, compass, Stick a needle in, and that becomes the hub, the center around which you create the circle. So in life, it always is that way. If you want to keep and get beyond any challenge, what is the focal point? What is the destination? When the astronauts first went to outer space, I think in the early 60s, so before they landed on the moon. So outer space, of course, has whole different uh, conditions. One of them is lack of gravity. So they sent all kinds of experiments with the spaceship. One of them, they sent a plant. A plant. A plant that you have on the windowsill. So we know a plant grows, roots into ground to get some to absorb the water to, and, the, and the nutrients to be able to allow things to grow. What happened with the plant in outer space? Because it didn't have a focal point the roots grew in all four directions all over. The plant was no longer a plant, a normal plant. There were roots everywhere because they were looking for that focal point. In a, where gravity has effect, the roots go downward and that's where they stay. They don't go upward. So focal point is the idea. You have a destination. Move forward. Why are you allowing the adver- adversity and the, ch- and the obstacles to define you? Work around them, because you're going somewhere. And actually use them, use them as well, as make those, uh, those uh, liabilities, into, uh, turn those liabilities into assets. And there you have that fifth most important step, the moving forward. But that's a mindset, an attitude that requires focus, requires sense of mission, a mission-centric life, but something all of us can achieve. Practically speaking, I mentioned this exercise many times, the moda'ani one. When you wake up in the morning, before you begin your day, as soon as you're, you know you're consciously awake, say, thank you for returning my soul to me. Your soul is your hub. And when you connect to that soul, to that center, to that focal point, that's what keeps you moving. How am I spiritualizing my day? Now, you may have a situation, suddenly, an annoying customer, annoyed customer, I should say, or annoying one, an obstacle, someone is picking a fight, someone's in a bad mood. But your focus is on the soul. This bad mood, maybe my role is right now to say something kind, not to be affected by it. But when you don't have that focal point, what's going to happen? You're going to be impacted. You'll either respond in kind, someone insults you, you'll insult them back. Or you'll you'll compromise yourself and surrender, in a weak way, I mean. But when you know that you are on a mission, you know that you have a journey to go on, 
you're traveling to that journey, then anything that comes your way is part of the journey. You just don't, can't always predict whether it will be a straight line or you may have to work around certain things. Work around, and to your surprise, you may discover that that wasn't a workaround that actually helped you. The resistance helped. Helped you grow, helped you solve a problem you wouldn't have anticipated. Helped you solve a problem that later, should that problem come up, you already have been preempted and prepared yourself. There's so many ways how this approach, this value so approach, this forging ahead approach, changes how we look at ourselves and everything that comes our way. And that, my friends, is the lesson. How to deal with adversity. The five steps. The four steps, they each have their role, mostly temporarily and certain conditions. But the fifth step is the key to everything. As I said, the fourth step, the only place you can find merit is where you may need, where a person, let's say, has great shock. They need a little denial, healthy denial, in order to be able to move forward as well. If you try to assault someone's psyche and say, here, deal with the situation. No, sometimes you need to have a certain escapism. Not permanent and not in any way that's destructive, but before you enter the fray. And the same with the other three. But ultimately, the moving forward is the key. You are a mobile entity on a journey. You're on a journey. And the journey is always moving forward. There are ups and downs, twists and turns, but it's always moving forward. Look at the moon. It's a good example. It waxes and wanes, but it's always moving forward. And that's how we have to look at our lives. So the moon, even right before it disappears, after it wanes, it's reborn again. And then it becomes brighter and brighter, full moon, and the cycle continues. So there are many, many lessons we can learn from this in any situation that comes your way. May we all be blessed with the least amount of obstacles, but with some, we must have them in our lives and let them propel you, propel us to the greatest heights possible. Thank you. This has been Simon Jacobson, MeaningfulLife.com is our website where you can find this and many other programs. I'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, your suggestions, your, your arguments as well as please share it with others. That's part of the movement. We share, we pay it forward, we share. The ripple effect, the butterfly effect that continues to impact one person after another ad infinitum in this long marathon with each of us being links in this great cosmic chain. Thank you again and be blessed. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com slash donate.